Hey everybody, welcome to the first ever episode of the new Thirsting for Truth podcast. It's called Thirsting for Discipline, and I and my wonderful bride here are your hosts, Diane. You want to... Hey everyone, how's it going? You want to say hello? Yeah, hello. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, this is a, a different style podcast than the one that Alicia Franco and I do every Monday at 7 p.m. Central Time on ThirstingForTruth.com. Facebook Live. Sorry, and Facebook Live, that's <laughs> right. Uh, anyway, this is this is different a different style podcast. In this podcast, Diane and I are going to talk about something that we don't normally talk about in our ministry, but uh, that has somewhat been requested and something that I've been wanting to do for a long time, and that's parenting and discipline. We have a couple of young kids, but I'll just let Diane go ahead and introduce uh, that since... I don't know. You want to give me a chance to talk to? Uh, no, I just, I mean, I figured you'd be better at it. Oh, thanks. So we have four kids. Um, they are Elizabeth, John Paul, Anna Marie, and Gabriel, and their ages are six, five, three, and one. And yeah, like... Okay, Mark, wait, wait, wait a second, wait a second. What? Oh, you want me to be more precise? More no, exact? I just... That was oh, really that, fast. Oh, that was it? That was fast. That's all the time I no, get? No, 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 that's fast. Uh, too fast? A little too fast. Okay. Okay. They are six. So, uh, well, you thought you were oh. going to do it better, though, and more exciting. So oh, ouch. I got this. Ready? So we have four children. Four. You got, yes, you heard that right. We have four children, and they're all under six, and their names are, drumroll. Actually, they're all under seven. What did I just? You said they're under all six. Under s- Elizabeth is over six. She's almost seven. Mm. <laughs> she's under six in 11 months yeah but you didn't say that okay <laughs> that's still part of six isn't it i guess so <laughs> okay they're all they're all under seven we and they're, had... all, they're also all under 10 <laughs> they're all under they're all under 20 okay how about this we have four kids under 20 <laughs> we had four kids in six years we have four kids under 30 and we're 30 <laughs> okay. is that weird <laughs> so hmm. Their names are Elizabeth, coming in at only three foot two inches, <laughs> a little girl who likes ballet and drawing and coloring, reading and reading. Say hello to Elizabeth, everybody. No, she's asleep. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Maybe. <laughs> Supposed to be. She's laying down in her bed at, at the very least. Then we have John Paul, a rambunctious little fellow with a great heart. He says great prayers. He is super emotional and affectionate. He one minute may be crying, but the next minute he's going to be kissing you and giving you smooches and hugging you and so on and so forth. And he's good at break dancing. He loves technology. Um, he can hack into your phone. Give him just oh, a couple yeah. of minutes. Ask any of our friends. He's hacked into almost everyone's phone. Yep. He even <laughs> took pictures with somebody's phone one time. <laughs> yep. And they were like, whoa, wait a second. When did he have my phone? Uh, so there's John Paul. Next we have... Anna Marie. There you go. And Oh, she's the tiny one. We call her Tiny Marie. <laughs> That's right. She's only two and a half feet, maybe. something. I don't, yes. Honestly, I don't know what they're... Something like that. They might actually be taller than that. No, that sounds about right. Okay. Yeah. Um, she is three years old mm-hmm. john paul's five and elizabeth is six by the way i didn't mm-hmm. i didn't mention that and Anna marie loves to play with barbies and dolls 
Yeah, she's getting very smart. She's starting to talk a lot. I mean, she's been talking for a long time, but now she's starting to say really smart and funny things. In fact, she says funny things pretty much all throughout the day. Um, And she is awesome to her little brother. She's a very good big sister. She plays with him, wrestles him. She does a steamroller on him. (laughs) Steamrollers where she grabs him and just rolls around with him. And uh, then the last one is... Gabriel Michael. Gabriel Michael. Gabriel, that's right. (laughs) Gabriel Michael. Um, So what can we say about him? Small. He is so cute. Chubby. Yeah. He says no a lot. He's just barely starting to um, mimic everything that we say. Yeah. Little things. That is good. That's kind of... Yeah. It's kind of... (laughs) Sometimes it sounds like it. Sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. But, but we know he's, he's trying. really affectionate. He's a very happy baby. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. Most of the time, he's just happy. He's just loves to play and runs around. Uh, what do you call it when he like does his feet real fast? Like you know when he gets all excited. Kind of like stomping shuffles his feet really fast. Yeah, stomping. Yeah, he does that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So <laughs> those are the kids. That's correct. Um, and. So we wanted this podcast to, again, focus on the idea of discipline. And I want to say just a couple of words of why I think it's important, then you can share Mm -hmm. your thoughts on it. Uh, The reason I think discipline is so important is because, you know, discipline, I think, is often misunderstood as just getting mad at kids and, and, you know, punishing them when they do wrong or just trying to correct wrong. And really, if you think about the word discipline, it, it stems from the, the word disciple, which is, uh, a, you know, one who follows another. It's a, it's a student of a teacher, right? And so in discipline, parents are, are really supposed to be teaching their kids, teaching them about life, teaching them about, uh, you know, they're helping them to understand their choices and and the consequences of their choices helping them to understand how to share be nice how to talk how to be respectful and respect authority and all of those other things it's you're you're raising people you're raising tiny little people to hopefully be eventually good adults and so the idea of discipline is not simply just getting mad at kids it's teaching them and that there's a whole lot that's involved in that and i think the the biggest thing that uh, I'm hoping to share on this podcast are, you know, not just tips and tricks, but really uh, helping and encouraging parents to understand that this is their role and getting them to understand that the most important part of that role is that they have to commit to this because it's a very difficult process, you know. And so um, ultimately, kids need discipline, but parents also need need the uh, commitment of being a teacher they are they need to commit to being a teacher and I think that again uh, there's just it seems like there's a lot of need out there for uh, uh, parents and you know something where parents can um, get a good Catholic but also very practical uh, you know guidance or or advice I started that word that sentence came out weird because I I said where parents parents can get a, and then I couldn't. I finished it wrong. 
messed up big time. <laughs> there needs to be a place where parents can get good and practical and Catholic advice on parenting and discipline. So that was my hope for this podcast, Dan. Uh, what are your thoughts and why do you, what do you think, uh, or what do you hope to offer out of this? Well, like, like you said, um, you know, this is a different, uh, route from thirsting for truth. And, uh, it, well, it's just funny the way that God has led us because when, when we were first dating and then, you know, at the beginning of our marriage, it was clear that, um, we had a, a calling to share our testimony. Um, and we, we've given together and, you know, and especially you lots of talks on, um, you know, theology, of the body, dating, relationships, that sort of thing. And um, over the years, you know, we, while we became parents at the very beginning of our marriage, pretty much, um, but we have just had so many opportunities to talk to people about parenting. And, um, and so it's, it's become something that, that is clear has, is um, very much needed. And for me, I'm a stay at home mom. And, um, and I've, you know, I've had a lot of opportunities to to get together with other moms, um, moms groups, and um, and especially through our homeschooling community. And it's you know obviously like the number one thing that we talk about when we when I get together with my mom friends, we talk about you know mom stuff, how we're parenting, um, what's going on with our kids, and a lot of times um, we talk about the challenges with our kids, um, where we feel like we're struggling, or or you know how how we're really um, having a hard time handling a particular situation with, you know, behavior, you know, what, whatever. Um, and it just, it's something that, that I feel like we are talking about more often in our, you know, just day-to-day life, um, you know, recently. So I'm glad that we're able to offer our own insight um, and what has worked for us, what has not worked for us. Um, and hopefully that will help, you know, other people listening. Yeah, well, you know, the other thing is I've been really wanting to start a podcast like this because people often get my thoughts on, on you know, well, again, mostly on theology of the body type stuff or apologetics or something along those lines. But I really want people to get a chance to hear your side and your perspective on things because as a mom and a beautiful wife, <laughs> uh, you have a different perspective than me. You have a lot to offer people. And so I think that this this podcast is a is a perfect platform for you to to be able to to help other moms out there because uh, I think you have I mean you you got it going on but you also <laughs> got it going uh, in a very you know real mom sense you're you're doing a fantastic job and I think that a lot of moms would benefit from what you have to say on a lot of different things and. Did you, what is that? Did you do that? I Just kidding. Um, so the, it was the computer. Sorry. And I, I knew it was me. I was just, Oh. I didn't mean to blame you, but I did. And well, I'm, I also I'm sorry. Want, no, it's okay. I just also wanted to say, I, I'm really excited about this too, because, um, that was a joke by the way, everybody, me blaming you. I'm sorry. Just keep going. This, you're really excited about what? <laughs> I'm really excited to do this because, um, it's, I think about these things all day long, you know, like, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <I'm> serious. <laughs> like when, you know, when we were no, dating and we were, we were still, you know, when we were first learning about theology, the body and stuff and all of that was really exciting. And that was, that was like all I thought about. And I just wanted to like learn more and stuff. 
and now, you know, that, um, and I mean, I still do love theology of the body, but now my life is just completely immersed in, um, oh, theology of the tiny bodies. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Good one. Oh, maybe we'll change Uh, the podcast name. (laughs) That's really cute. (laughs) (laughs) That's really, really cute. Um, but yeah, I mean, my life is just, um, consumed by, you know, taking care and nourishing and raising, you know, Elizabeth, John Paul and Henri and Gabriel. And so all day long, I'm thinking about like, what, what do I need to do better? What do I need to do next? How can I help them in this area? Um, and then at the end of the day, I'm like evaluating how I did that day. And, and if I, if I did have a chance to have a conversation with another mom, um, you know, I'm thinking about the stuff that we're talking, that we talked about. And a lot of times I think about, oh, I wish I had told them this or, you know, I, I don't, I'm just like always thinking about parenting stuff. And a lot of times I'm thinking about like stuff that I, that I would like to share with other people. And I just never, I don't have time for a blog or anything like that. So I feel like whenever I do have like those nuggets of inspiration, um, it just kind of sits there. <laughs> so now I'm thinking of like creating a graphic or, or something, inspiration nuggets. <laughs> what? <laughs> you just said you have nuggets of inspiration. <laughs> what do you mean? What would you do with it? I don't, like, I don't know. <laughs> kind of like I was thinking chicken nuggets, but something inspiring. Um, chicken nuggets working out that would be inspiring oh like inspiring nuggets yeah like a yeah <laughs> right exactly like some kind of graphic or um i don't know or toy but what so a chicken nugget working out what would the end result i know be? so what do you mean it, you get inspired you just said you have inspiring nuggets yeah i know but i'm so, just i'm just kind of confused because a chicken nugget is not really well, healthy? that's how I'd have to change it to something inspired. Well, you could be totally healthy. <laughs> I guess I just automatically think of like fast food chicken nuggets. Well, these are inspiring chicken nuggets. They're different. <laughs> okay. We can take, we can make like little. Vegan. <laughs> what? No, there's not. It's chicken. It's a chicken nugget. How could okay. it be vegan? <laughs> we could take little uh, toy and like inspiration nuggets to the conferences and like throw them out to the audience. <laughs> <laughs> seriously think about that okay. nuggets of inspiration so, so yeah you, like impart the words of wisdom and you throw them a, a nugget that's right to take home i got a nugget for you ready this is gonna be a good quote Just tell them the quote throw out well, to the audience if nothing else it'd be a memorable experience mm, that's what i'm looking for most of the time nothing not looking for like education or inspiring or anything it just memorable you know i that thirst for truth conference i didn't learn anything but i certainly remember it yeah that speaker chucked a chicken nugget at me chunked okay chunked a chicken nugget at me oh it's chuck well not in texas we say chunked no that's correct seriously all the hispanic people in texas say say chunked okay is it we we got it wrong are you gonna put this podcast on the website on, yeah, why like would I where, not? Like where people can put comments at the bottom? Um, yeah. Okay, so if someone, whoever's listening to this, can you please... I know, like, we know that we me? we know Is it's it... now chucked. Okay, we know that that's like the correct version, but the modern version is chunked i've never heard anyone other everybody than you says say chunk. i chunked it across the room okay <laughs> <No>. <laughs> if i threw gabriel across the room that would be okay <laughs> i would be chunking chunking that's him across different. the room okay well but he's a little chunk <laughs> that's right but if 
you're throwing anything else, like a ball, then you're chucking it across the room. Or maybe not a ball. I don't maybe. know. Okay. Why would I throw a Let's ball across continue. the room? <laughs> All right. So, okay. So discipline. Let's talk a little bit about that. I think the first show, we should talk a little bit about our journey uh, in discipline. And so we'll go all the way to the back, I mean, to the way back to the beginning uh, when we first, we talked about when we get married and and we have kids, I was going to be the cool dad and mm-hmm. you were going to be the disciplinarian. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. What happened? <laughs> uh, well, we didn't really know what, what parenting was going to be like. <laughs> and then what happened? And then you turned out to be the more disciplinarian one. That's right. I wouldn't say you, that I'm entirely the cool mom, though, because I do discipline also. You do. You do. But you did a good you, job. You, you do a good job now. You for sure take the lead on so, disciplining. Um, well, let's talk a little bit about that, actually. Okay. So yeah, that's actually a good point. I mean, I wasn't actually going here, but since you brought it there, let's just go ahead and spend a little time there. Okay. <laughs> Where are we? Exactly? I don't know. <laughs> okay, so... Um, yeah, actually, all right. So th- this is something that I think is, is really important. Uh, discipline is a thing that cannot, should not, but also cannot be just one parent in the family, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I really think that the the father is has a primary role in discipline. And it's not always the case, but very often the father is more intimidating. You know, it tends to be one that has a, you know, can speak more forcefully. And the mother has the gentle and, you know, soothing voice style or whatever as the 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 mother's the one that whenever they hurt themselves they want to go to yeah you know the nurturing one that's what that's what word i was looking for i think i was (laughs) you know that's why i'm here they don't have the girl vocabulary exactly (laughs) so right um and even our kids still like they hurt themselves and they want to go directly to you Mm-hmm. Um, because they think they think I'm going to spank them when they hurt themselves. For well, some I reason. have the magic kisses. The magic kiss. That's right. Yeah. So uh, anyway, so I, I think that you know discipline has to has to involve both the the mother and the father, um, but also the father really needs to step up and take a a primary role. This is this is like you're like the the leader. You're the the coach almost in this. You know, aspect of of the marriage and of the parenting, and if the father doesn't do that, you know, because and I know that there are sometimes uh, sometimes there are females who are a little more dominant in the relationship, a little more of the you know the one who has the a type A personality, um, and then the father sometimes is, can stay at, is the one that prefers to stay at home with the kids. So the stay at home dad versus in the working mom, like I get that, and there's that uh, in the relationship too. And I don't think that it's a bad thing necessarily for the mother to have that lead role as long as, you know, she has that in her personality and they have that in their relationship and they're not fighting for that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that naturally in God's design that men uh, have that just, you know, example and that expression of strength. And when we use that properly, then what we're able to do is we're able to uh, kind of in you know enforce that environment of discipline that sets the stage for the kids that they understand they're going to respect their parents um, and even more so that they understand they're going to respect their mom you know and I think that when a, when a dad does that right he helps the mom out and he makes her job a lot easier 
in that sense whenever she has to discipline or whenever you know she has to take care of the kids period that they understand that when they disrespect mom that dad's the one that they have to deal with Mm -hmm. you know so what do you think does that sound a little bit like our experience at all my yeah no no i (laughs) yeah i know i completely agree Um, what are your thoughts um on like the style anything or... <laughs> like my hair whatever <laughs> well i think you you're really handsome <laughs> and i really okay. like your hair thank you <laughs> uh i agree with everything that you said so far <laughs> all right uh yeah i don't have anything to add at the wow <sighs> okay um all right so then let me let me ask you this what was your what was your greatest struggle what what in your journey from when we first had had kids to now um what do you feel like you had to learn, go through, and uh, if you were to give advice to a a new mother, um, you know that something that you've you've learned from yourself, what would you tell them? Um, oh my goodness! Well, I'm just like flooded with so many things. Um, if I could start with one thing, um, I think it's flexibility. Um, each you know each person and each child is unique. And they're going to have different personalities, which means that the way that um, that you treat them, the way that you discipline them, might vary from one to another. So in our in our case, um, Elizabeth's personality is um, very easygoing. Um, she she really strives to please us, and she has always been that way. Um, so disciplining her has been um, somewhat easier because she she just she. You know, she just takes to it um, much easier because she wants to make us happy. Um, John Paul is um, is much more, um, I guess, resilient. Um, he's also a great kid, but but he, you know, has required disciplining in a much different way. And I really struggled with that when he was still, you know, really little, like, you know, I guess two and three years old, because I wanted to treat him exactly the same way as Elizabeth. And he wasn't responding the same way as Elizabeth. And so I would get really frustrated. And it just took, it took a really long time for me to realize that he's a different person. So I have to discipline him in a different way. Um, so that's one thing that I, you know, you know, for new parents or parents with, with small kids like us is remembering that um, the way you, you know, discipline one is not necessarily going to be the same way that you can discipline another one. Yep. Uh, yeah, I mean... I don't know that we really had to discipline very much with Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. I mean, we did, absolutely, but I, one thing I do remember, to your point, is that I never felt at a loss with how to discipline when mm-hmm. we were with... I mean, but then again, Elizabeth was only a year older than John Paul, yeah. so it's not like we had a lot of time, you know, um, before we had to start disciplining John Paul. and And the fact that we had two kids instead of one could play into the fact that it was harder because we couldn't always give John Paul the the attention that we gave Elizabeth, you know, for the first year that she was born. But she didn't need discipline in that first year. So to my point, um, you know, the way that we had to discipline uh, with John Paul would have always been different because he was never by himself. So what you're saying is that we can't discipline either kid the same because they're totally different or they they have very different personalities but you also can't discipline the same when you have one child and when you have multiple children um, your style has to also change and adapt a little bit in that sense 
And now that we have four kids, and Gabriel, he's still too small. He's only a year and a half. Um, but Elizabeth, I mean, Anna Maria is starting to get disciplined at three years old. And we now we have Elizabeth, I mean, Anna Marie, John Paul, and Elizabeth. And so how we do it is, is also very different because we also, we don't have that the same amount of time with Anna Marie that we did with Elizabeth when she was small and then with John Paul, even with only two kids. And now we have four kids and now having to discipline Anna Marie is a different beast because you're trying to discipline her and help her and talk to her while you're having to run after Gabriel or stop John Paul from, you know, doing something or help Elizabeth with her schoolwork or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So my, you know, add in to what you're saying is while you have to discipline your kids differently based on their habits and their personality or what have you, you also have to adapt and discipline differently depending on how many kids you have and the circumstances, you know, if somebody has, one of them has special needs or whatever. So as a sort of disclaimer in this podcast, what we say is not going to be the be all end all for everybody. This stuff is going to, I think a lot of the advice we're going to, we give is going to be able to translate. So you can take this, you can use it and you can adapt it to your own um, situation. But Please don't think that just because something works for us that it's going to work out exactly the same for you. You have to figure that out on your own. You know, and this this podcast hopefully will help you and assist you. But like Diane said, every kid is different and every situation is different and they deserve the ability to demand your attention and your efforts to figuring out how to take care of them and to discipline them and to love them because ultimately discipline is an act of love mm-hmm. right and i think that was one thing that was uh, that i had to learn you know was that discipline is a act of love it's a way that we help our kids and love them and we show them love and the funny thing is that you know you would think that discipline in them would then make them not want to be around you or something, right? Like they're scared of you mm-hmm. and they don't want to, yeah. they don't want to be around you. They don't want to deal with you or something like that because they think you're going to get mad at them or what have you. And the opposite is true. The more we discipline our kids, the more the more they, you know, have affection for us and want to be around us and love us. They're so attached to us. Mm-hmm. Did you ever think that that was going to be a thing that you struggled with? That you you know disciplining them would somehow you you would lose that close and intimate relationship you had with them. Um, I'm not sure if I had precisely that thought process, um, but disciplining obviously has been something that I've had to learn. Um, and I was thinking about, about it right now too, about how I've talked to so many, so many other mom uh, friends and some who, who really struggle in disciplining their kids, maybe in one particular area or maybe just in general. Um, and a lot of times they, they're, they're just really hesitant to do it. Um, you know, for, I don't know, I guess fear and the funny thing is that disciplining is not the harder road. Disciplining is the easier road, even though it doesn't feel like that. Um, you know, it takes work. It takes time, a lot of time. Um, but in the end, you're, you know, you're forming your children to have good behavior, to be happier, to, you know, to be more loving um, and even more lovable. <laughs> um, not disciplining your children or going easy on them, that is the easier road, you know, because in the moment it's like, okay, I'll just, I'm not going to deal with this. I just can't, I can't do it right now. Um, 
And instead of, you know, forming your kid to, you know, setting them up for success the following time, you're setting them up for failure the following time. And you're, you know, you're just creating this perpetual cycle of frustration and nothing ever, nothing is ever resolved. You're not ever going to be able to, you know, get over the hump of, you know, whatever that issue is if you don't address it, if you don't take charge, if you don't discipline your kid. So disciplining is actually, um, you know, the easier route, route because even though it takes time, you know, you're eliminating the, the problem by helping your kid um, grow. Good point. So what you're saying is essentially that when you discipline your kids, you're helping them to learn how to be happier kids, how to, how to have a more enjoyable life, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, which makes sense. I mean, it, it makes sense that if, I mean, if you think about it, when you go to school, if a teacher doesn't care to teach math or English, right? Like their job is to teach math and the kid's like, I don't really want to learn math. And the teacher says, okay, fine. You don't have to just sit there and, you know, whatever. At the end of the year, I'll just give you an A. Well, the kid's not going to learn anything. And the kid might think that, oh, this is awesome, right? My teacher's so cool. They don't, I don't have to do any work. But eventually when graduation comes and that kid gets an A, then they're going to be set up for failure, right? They're not going to have, they're going to have a very hard time finding a job, uh, being able to take care of themselves. And they're going to have even more so a habit, a very bad habit of if they don't want to do something, if it seems too hard or what have you, then they just don't want to do it. The teacher might think that they're doing something good for them. They might think that they're making the kid happy in that moment. But like you said, what they're really doing is setting them up for failure. So just like in sports, the the coach is necessary i mean if you ever wondered why in sports that you have to have a coach why kids don't just or not even just kids adults you know nba players people who are professional basketball players or nfl professional football players still need a coach and that's because everybody needs to be pushed everybody needs somebody who will push them and challenge them uh, beyond what they want to do because all of us have that just built in uh, you know, I, I guess mentality of when things get hard or difficult, we just want to stop. We want, we don't want to go and push beyond where we think we need to stop or where our limits are. And so we need somebody to push us. And if kids don't get that from a very young age, if they're not used to being pushed and challenged uh, and having to, you know, get past that temptation to quit or to stop or to be lazy or what have you, uh, then they're going to develop those bad habits and they're always going to struggle with that. And so that's, like you said, the, the biggest part of, or the biggest benefit of discipline is that the kids from the from very young ages, if you discipline them rightly, they start to learn things that are going to stay with them for the rest of their lives. They're, this is where they're moldable, you know, like this is their, their, their prime years for development and everything that they learn will be the things that stick with them. And when they're adults, that will be you know, what makes up a large bit of their personality and their habits, you know? And so if you care about your kids and if you love them, if you truly love them, which if anybody's listening to this podcast, I'm sure that means that you do, right? Because that means that you want to hear something that you want to learn something that might help you in your own uh, parenting. Then what you need to think about is 
what do I want to give my kids that's going to last forever? You know, do I want to give them the mentality that they should take the easy way, that they don't have to work hard, that there are no consequences for bad behavior or there are no consequences for uh, not, you know, going the extra mile or what have you? Um, then if if that's the gift you want to give to your kids, well, I would say that, you know, obviously that's not a gift of love. And I know that you, again, if you're listening to this podcast, that you you don't want to do that. But if you don't intentionally do the opposite, which is to, you know, try to provide them that gift of discipline that will last them for the rest of their lives, if you don't intentionally strive to do that, then it's too easy to fall into the trap of doing what's easy and just letting them, uh, you know, kind of go through the motions, letting them off easy because it's too hard because you don't want to see them cry uh, when you when they lost the ice cream, you know, and you're like, okay, fine, I'll just give you a, some ice cream because I want to see you happy. You know, if you, it's too easy to do that kind of thing uh, because disciplining is very hard. I mean, it's it takes a commitment and it takes very, you know, strong moral character because you have to believe in your heart that this is the best thing for your kid. And if you don't, then what you you know become confused about is. Uh, you can you become confused between uh, between um, I'm trying to I don't know how to say this you know the right way between giving them a temporary pleasure to make them quote unquote happy and giving them a eternal you know uh, lesson which is you will be happy when you do the right thing you will be happy when you work to be happy mm-hmm. right yeah have you ever uh, struggled with wanting to you know give them something that you know that you've already told them that uh, you would take away if they you know for bad behavior mm-hmm. anything, anything okay <laughs> that's um, a, well, I mean I, that was a yes or no question oh. to be fair yes it was a yes or no question <laughs> but if you would like to elaborate this is your your stage so I was actually thinking of a different example um I mean, about what we were talking about. Um, so we don't we don't watch a whole lot of TV. Uh, um, um, quick question. Very serious question. Have you always been that beautiful? <laughs> I love or you. Is that, okay. Stop it. Sorry. Watching TV. Um, yeah. So so we don't let the kids watch um, a whole lot of TV. Um, and when Elizabeth and John Paul were maybe like two and three or maybe three and four, something like that. Um, every time that we would let them watch a show or something, um, as soon as it was over, we would turn it off and they, they would just have a meltdown. And, you know, and of course we would get really mad at them. We'd be like, oh no, like that, we just let you watch a movie and this is how you behave. And, and it was just, it was just horrible, like every single time. Um, and we all, we like knew it was coming every time we would let them watch something. We knew it was coming. Um, and you know, and so time after time, it was just meltdown. And it was a very frustrating experience because because um, we just felt like okay well maybe we should just never let them watch anything if they're this is how they're going to behave, and then Marcus was the one who had this idea to um, before watching something he would make them practice how they would behave when the when the show or movie was over, and um, and at first to be honest I thought it was a little bit ridiculous that he was doing this because I, they were so little and I thought they were just too young to really be able to. Um, you know, grasp this, you know, repetitive behavior. 
But what he would do was literally make them practice, um, like he would just turn the TV off and then he would have them turn it off and say, thank you, thank you, papi, for the película, um, you know, or, or he would say, okay, time just to... Just Spanish oh, for yeah, you better than mom? <laughs> no. Oh, sorry. <laughs> thank you for the movie. Um, or he would have them say like... Um, or By the would... way, this is brought to you, this podcast in both English and Spanish, <laughs> in Espanol, in English. <laughs> for get... your pleasure. But yeah. do enjoy enjoyamente <laughs> i don't know how to say enjoyment so <laughs> what's enjoyment oh my gosh or um, pleasure or happiness to gusto, to gusto. okay gusto. gusto gustamente no? <laughs> no is that a word <laughs> i don't think okay, so okay sorry go ahead i don't know um or he would or so he i'm would, dying to know what happened would you go. stop sorry. well you keep interrupting me i'm trying to finish okay. <laughs> um or he would turn the tv off and have them say um what was it? like thank you papi or or oh no you would say okay no more movie it's time to turn it off and they would say yes sir but with a good attitude no whining no crying and and he would practice this you know before letting them watch the movie we would practice it practice it over and over and over and seriously sometimes i'd be like okay marcus like that's enough like they'd be like on their 10th or 15th um you know time repeating it and and sure enough i mean it did not take a whole lot of um you know uh, different different instances of, of doing this before they finally learned and um and so we've done that in lots of different situations not just you know with movies but lots of different situations and elizabeth and john paul who are five and six now well closer to six and seven um they honestly never have meltdowns um they might whine about, and complain right. about things but they never ever have meltdowns anymore um and especially with the tv i never i you know it's funny that you bring that up because I forget so I forget about so many of those cases that mm-hmm. have been kind of you know resolved or whatever issues mm-hmm. that we work through that we just they're not even near I just think about this earlier today it's funny that you bring this up because earlier this morning uh, when you slept in oh, because that's I wonderful yep thank you so um, I was down there with them and you know we put on the TV and let them watch Sunday morning movies and stuff like that for a while and then I we turned off the tv and i went and i started making breakfast and they were just running around and it's funny i don't remember i think it was elizabeth i think it was maybe it was john paul i don't know but i'm pretty sure it was elizabeth who ran into the kitchen and said oh i forgot to say thank you poppy for the movie (laughs) and i I was just like yep you're welcome but that's so normal now yeah i mean it's so funny like i don't think about how they never ever i can't remember the last time that they freaked out after we had to turn off the movie and, mm-hmm. and you know, anyway, so and yeah. It, and it's something that we haven't, that it didn't take nearly as long for Anna Marie to learn. Um, there was a time when she would also, you know, cry. And maybe sometimes she still does kind of whine a little bit. Um, but uh, but she's learning really quickly because she sees Elizabeth and John Paul, um, you know, and it's it's just become, you know, normal in our house. You know, movie the movie finishes someone one of them runs in turns it off and then they all say thank you mommy or thank you bobby for the película and then they just go and play and it's really awesome because we you know because we took the time you know to make them um you know to drill in them that 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 routine um turn it on turn it off what do you say turn it on turn it off okay what do you say turn it on oh my goodness and just over and over and over and i think that's you know that's just one of the key um that's something that has been really beneficial um 
in our relationship with the kids is making them practice how they're supposed to behave um, because a lot of times you find yourself in the situation and they're you know they're having a meltdown or they're not responding the way that you want them to respond and it's like okay but did we ever take the time to teach them how they should respond or are we waiting until we're in the middle of this crisis and now all of a sudden we're like no 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 this is not how you talk to me no that's not what you do and you know that it's like even as adults you're not supposed to make a decision you know when you're you know in an emotional crisis like you 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 make decisions when you're level headed and i think it's the same with kids like when they're when they're you know when things are fine when they're not in a meltdown mode that's when we're supposed to teach them because that's when they're more open they're you know it's easier to to get them to learn that's brilliant <laughs> Dan. great job <laughs> thanks so yeah i agree and this is something that i'm sure we will talk about in many more podcasts to come we'll probably repeat this over and over and over and over uh, because it will be one of the the best pieces of advice that I can give anybody is that repetition, you know, repeating things over and over and over is the only way that kids learn anything. And it's the only way that we learn anything. You know, I mean, think about it in school, even in college. What do you do when you're preparing for a test? Well, you go over the stuff over and over and over. You're trying to burn it into your mind. And if as an adult you have trouble remembering anything or learning anything if you don't repeat that information to yourself over and over then how do you expect kids to get that stuff and just like you said they have to have opportunities to learn when they're not in the middle of crisis mode because they're not ready to learn when they're like throwing themselves on the floor uh you know crying screaming or what have you and all of us are guilty of of trying to you know, enforce our discipline during those times because that's when we feel that it's needed. Yeah. But that's why I was saying, you know, before that it's, this is a, this is a lifestyle of education. As a teacher, your job is to always be teaching and discipline is a thing that must be taught all the time, not just when the kids are acting up. If your job as the master or the teacher uh, and as a parent, if your job is to teach them how to grow and to develop into good adults, well, then you have to spend time doing that. It's a it's an investment of your time into the kids that, like you said, you know, you're going to commit yourself to repeating yourself over and over. Hey, let's practice this. Okay, well, if you know we're gonna watch a movie, that's fine. But before we watch a movie, we're gonna learn how to react when it's time for the movie to be done. And we're going to do that a number of times because then, you know, if if we don't and we have to deal with the aftermath of, of kids melting down, which is a crazy image, by the way. I was, like, thought about it right now. I thought all of them. <laughs> melting? Yeah, I just, I imagined each one of them, like, you know, going oh, into, like. Sad. Yeah, I know. It's really sad. Jeez. What's wrong with you? Okay, they're not going to, we're not going to say that anymore. So. Um, but anyways, dealing with that afterwards then puts you in a state of emotion where you, you're frustrated and angry and you start, you know, speaking in a way that you may not normally speak, right? You're not actually speaking in a way that you're trying to teach them. Often you're trying to, you're trying to stop the behavior. You're, you're getting angry. You're getting frustrated because it's inconvenient to you. Mm-hmm. So if you do it at a time where you're actually intending to teach them, then it's not so inconvenient, right? Because this is what I'm trying to do right now. Um, Which, by the way, reminded me, how many things do you think have been crazy 
or ridiculous when I'm trying to teach the kids something? Oh, plenty. <laughs> oh, lots, right? Okay, yeah, just check. Plenty, but I, I mean, seriously, like I've always been impressed by the uh, impressed result. Mm-hmm. Yes. Impressed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I impress you. Yes, you do. That's wonderful news. <laughs> That's wonderful. So, but yes, uh, re- repetition. This is something that is extremely, extremely important in parenting. Let me ask you this, Dan. Mm-hmm. How often do you like me to tell you that I love you? All the time. How often do you like me to tell you that you're beautiful? All the time. All the time. And have I told you many times throughout the day, would that tire you out? No. No. Then how come when I try to teach the kids something <laughs> and I repeat that, you don't like that, huh? I didn't say I didn't like it. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I just, no. Yeah. Just kidding. But, no, but I mean, I actually was, I messed it up because I was asking that seriously as a buildup to saying, well... You know, kids, we don't think of it like this, although it should be thought of like this. But when, when we are telling something, or I'm sorry, teaching something to the, to the kids, right? And we're trying to show them, hey, this is how you be good. This is how you share or what have you. Take the TV thing, for example. Hey, you guys want to watch a movie? Okay, then this is how, when we turn off the movie, this is what you're going to say. That is a, is a way that you're communicating love to them. You know, because when you're disciplining them, you're spending time with them. You're trying to teach them something. They somehow recognize. I mean, I think everybody inherently recognizes that when somebody spends time trying to teach something to you, that's going to help you to obtain something that you want. Right. For the kids, it's watching a movie, you know, at work, it's helping you to get better at your job, to get closer to promotion or whatever. We all recognize that when somebody spends time and invests a lot of time to help us, to teach us. That's an, that's an act of love. It's mm-hmm. man, we we appreciate it as adults. We appreciate other adults who do that for us, and kids love parents who spend that kind of time with them. Right? They don't think of it as. In fact, kids will repeat anything over and over. You tell them something funny, or they say something funny, and you laugh. What do they do? They repeat it over mm-hmm. and over and over and over. Right? And so, um, this is how we communicate love to them. And so, I wouldn't. You know, to my, I guess one of my next points of advice for parents is that number one, you have to communicate your love to your kids by spending the time investing in them, giving them your effort um, by, you know, trying to t- teach them and discipline them day after day, right? But it shouldn't not, it should not be just your actions. You also have to do it with your words. And so when we discipline our kids, we don't just tell them, here's you know the reward for doing good and here's the consequences for doing bad we try to explain to them why we're teaching them why we're disciplining them and you know our kids are awesome at this now if anybody else asks them i know that they can answer the right way because they've this has been ingrained in their minds through repetition but when we tell them hey do you know why i need you to listen to me why do i need you to listen and to um, do what i tell you to do and we've told them over and over and over many, many times, I need you to listen because when you listen to me, I can protect you. When you listen, I can protect you. When you don't listen, I can't protect you. So if I tell you not to climb on that chair, if you listen to me, then I can protect you and you won't get hurt. But if you don't listen to me, then you're going to fall and you're going to hurt yourself and then I'm going to be sad and I love you. I don't want to see you get hurt. I love you. So if you listen to me, then you will be safe and you will be happy and you won't hurt yourself. If you don't listen to me, then you can hurt yourself because I cannot protect you if you don't listen to me. 
And if you notice, I just repeated myself a couple of times over right there, but that's how I talk to them. Yeah. I will tell that to them over and over and over. We've said that so many times throughout mm -hmm. the years. And so not only through our actions are we communicating to them that we love them because we're spending the time to invest in them, to teach them so that they can learn how to be good kids and how to get rewards and be happy, right? But we're also telling them that is exactly what we're doing. We're telling them straight out, I am trying to teach you so that you can be happy because that I because I love you, because I care for you, because if you listen to me, then I can protect you and I want to protect you. So we're constantly, you know, telling them all of these things. So in their minds, they understand. They know that discipline is directly linked with love. They know that listening and behaving is directly linked with our ability to protect them and reward them and keep them happy, right? Mm -hmm. So um, that would be another thing that I would, again, encourage parents to start doing is, like you said, spend time to discipline them, not just in the moments of crisis, but before things happen, when you know the tendencies that they have, right? Mm -hmm. You know, try to combat those tendencies before you put them in that situation. But also figure out ways to communicate why you're doing it and, you know, that it's because of love and, you know, that um, if they do the right things and they'll be rewarded or they'll be happy or they'll be safe and that kind of stuff. Explain that to them. They're they're smart. Mm -hmm. You know, kids are actually pretty smart people, tiny mm -hmm. people, but they're smart, right? Yeah. And they get it. So when we communicate that to them over and over and over and over, they start to learn. And I think that's where one of the ways we've seen our best results, you know, so it's, it's uh, funny. I'm listening to everything that you're saying and it just dawned on me that uh, perhaps this is the reason why Elizabeth is so inquisitive. Um, Marcus and I are, are just always super amused by Elizabeth because she is, has become so curious about everything. Like she, she wants to know the way things work. She wants to know the reason why behind everything. Like, um, you know, it, it's cold right now. And she says, why is it cold? Well, it's winter time. Yeah, but why is it cold? And she wants to know like exactly why. And so, you know, we had to go and explain, you know, about the, the planets and the rotation and, and everything. And she's just super, super inquisitive. And maybe it's part of her personality, but I'm wondering now if maybe it's also because of, of the way that, that, you know, that we parent them, how we explain everything to them. And and we don't just say, you need to listen to me because these are the rules or because I'm your mom, I'm your dad. This is why you have to listen to me. But we really do take the time um, to, to explain to them why we're doing what we're doing, why we're asking them, um, you know, what we're asking of them. Yeah, that's right. And and again, I mean, it's that's a way of communicating love, right? Because if if they if you tell them, hey, you need to do this, and they say, why? And you say, because because I said so, then what you're communicating to them is I don't have time for you right now. I don't have the time to explain this to you, right? I don't want to I don't want to spend the energy trying to explain this to you. You just go do it. Well, again, if think about it if you are at work and your boss says, "Hey, I you know, I need you to do this." and you start asking questions like, you know, oh, "Okay, well, you know, is you want to ask whatever, is is this more important than the thing that was, you know, given to me yesterday?" Um, or should I keep that deadline? Or if you ask, oh yeah, is there somebody I can ask, you know, for help on this? And any question you ask them, they're just like, just do it. I don't have time for you right now. You know, I don't have time to help you out. I don't have time to tell you who else can help out. I don't have time for anything. Just, just get out of my face and just go do it. I mean, anybody would would be frustrated at that and say, eh, you know, this is, I don't want to work here. This place sucks, right? This, this boss doesn't really care about me. He just wants me to go and get the results. Mm 
He just wants me to go do the job and he doesn't really care whether I do it well or not. He doesn't care if I need help or anything like that, right? And so discipline in the same way. I mean, kind of like what you're saying, if you spend the time to talk to them, they recognize that you actually care for them. You know, you want to, you want them to do well in the things that they're, they're I mean, because really like being a kid is kind of hard. It's easy and it's really hard at the same time. It's easy because you don't have all the responsibilities that adults have, but it's also very hard because you don't have the ability to figure out for yourself how to live life. You have, you're totally dependent on your parents. You learn everything from them. You're totally dependent on them for food. And until they get potty trained, you're dependent on them, you know, when you go to the restroom and so on and so forth, right? So like, as they get older, they're relying on you to learn to grow. And it's not just, you know, to learn what one plus one is or why it gets cold or whatever, right? It's also to learn why do I have to do thing, good things? We've, they've told us, they've asked us that question before too, right? Like, why do I have to be good? Or <laughs> mm-hmm. why do I have to listen? Or why do we have to go to church? Mm-hmm. You know, they ask questions like that. And if we just said, well, just because we said, you know, because it's what you're supposed to do, then I think what they would be getting out of that is, oh, well, you know, they don't, I don't think they have the time to spend with me right now, you know? Well, I think it would also teach them, um, you know, that they need to follow rules to prevent, you know, maybe like punishment or consequences, but it wouldn't really be teaching them a love for anything, you know, like right now they're little. So a lot of times they say, you know, they don't like going to mass or mass is boring. And if we were, if we were to say like, no, we just have to, it's what we do. Like it's one of the commandments. Um, we would just be teaching them, okay, they, they have to go to mass. Otherwise maybe something bad is going to happen. Um, but every time that they say something like that, like we take the time to explain to them the reasons why we go to mass, the reasons that's in, that it's important to us. Um, and whether or not they truly understand now or not, like, you know, every single time we, we talk to them about it, we're hopefully instilling them, um, you know, a long-term love and appreciation and even desire for mass. Yep. And I would think it's the difference between police and a sports coach right the police enforce the law so when you do something wrong you know they come in and they enforce the law you get in trouble whatever it is you get a ticket you go to jail or what have you the coach is there and the coach does punish as well but the coach is there also you know teaching you throughout the process they spend time with you the coach is there if you have practice at 6 a.m in the morning they well that would be in the morning right no matter what (laughs) So if you have practice at at 6 a.m., the coach is there at 5 a.m. or 5.30 a.m. because they're actually prepping to get ready for the practice. And then they're there with you at practice. And if you're in high school, a good coach will go and check on you and make sure that you're being good in class, that you're getting good grades, that if you need help, that they're getting you tutors, um, that, you know, they're pushing you and challenging you and and not just telling you that you will fail if you don't work hard and you don't practice, but they're also telling you that you have the capacity to be a champion if you work hard. They're encouraging you and they're showing you what it is that you're capable of. And so this is where I think this is a great place to, to you know end the podcast on. Are you going to be a policeman where you're just enforcing the law and when you know your kids get in trouble and then they break the law, you're punishing them for that? Or even worse, where you, you just you don't even really punish them like you're 
like a politician, you're telling them about the law constantly, but you're not actually enforcing anything? Or are you going to be a coach, somebody who spends time, who practices with the kids? I'm there with you, you know, going through the drills, showing you what to do, teaching you, challenging you, yelling at you when you need it, but also congratulating you and giving you a high five when you do a good job. You know, are you going to spend the time with them to communicate to them, hey, you're going to be a champion and I believe in you. You have that capacity to be a champion. You you are meant to be a champion and my job is to help you to get there. And no matter what it takes, me and you are in this together. We're going to help. We're going to walk through it together every day for the rest of your life. I'm always going to be here and I will never, ever quit on you, right? I am more than your coach. I am your father or I am your mother. That is the job of a parent. That's the love that a parent has the ability to show to their kid that nobody else in this entire world gets to do. And so my challenge to you again is, are you going to be a policeman, a politician, or a parent? I guess I could say coach, but I think a parent is a better title, right? Dan, any closing words? Oh my, no, that was amazing. Good You're job. amazing. You, that was really inspiring, even for me. Not bad for our, be- <laughs> our first podcast, huh? Well, you're a natural, so... Yeah, and so are you. Natural beauty. (laughs) Boom. All right. I love you, sweet lady. I love you, too. (laughs) Okay. All right, guys. uh, We are going to be attempting to, depending on on the kids and whether they allow us to do this or not, um, we're going to attempt to do this podcast every Sunday, Sunday evening, probably at about 8 or 8.30 p.m. Mm -hmm. uh, Eastern time. Post-bedtime. Yeah, that's right. So really, it kind of depends on the kids' bedtime. Um, so we will live broadcast this. It will be on thirstingfortruth.com. Uh, maybe eventually we might, I'm, we'll see. I'm always down for this, but we might try to do Facebook live streams as well so we can take your, your questions. But if you have questions, you can email them to Marcus at thirstingfortruth.com. You can also, uh, you know, Facebook message us on the, uh, Marcus Guevara Thirst for Truth Facebook page. <laughs> um, I got a little lost there. So uh, but otherwise, if we end up doing this live on Facebook, we're looking for interaction. We really, really are in need of questions and interaction, you know, so. Or topics. There's or topics, yes, exactly. So to talk about. Um, we need to know what you guys need to know and what you guys want to know. So please reach out to us. Again, Marcus at thirstingfortruth.com is my email. Or just go on to thirstingfortruth.com. And in the comments uh, of the page, go ahead and just put your question or your desire for a topic there. And we'll we'll hit it. So. Thank you so much for listening. Yeah. All right, guys. Have a good week. Bye.